Oh, hi, good afternoon, or good morning, I guess, out here in the West to everybody. You're watching the Rebel News Daily live stream. I'm your host, Sheila Gunn-Reed, my co-pilot today. Besides being Jesus, he's always my co-pilot, but we've got Adam Sos in Calgary today. Um, and this is a, you know, it's an hour of the day every single day where your favorite Rebel hosts toot my own horn there um sit down and we talk about the news of the day as it happens in an unscripted way so you're going to get some unfiltered reactions from us or unfiltered as much as possible given the censorship of youtube where we are also currently simultaneously screening or, or streaming and i'll get to that in a little bit but adam how's it going you guys had a busy weekend in calgary yeah, it was it was certainly busy. No lack of action. Looking forward to getting into it. We were out at the rally, went and spoke with the Pavlovskis after a big, uh, big week last week in court. So no lack of content to get into. Certainly. How was your yeah. weekend? It was a crazy weekend. I was also on the Archer Pulowski beat on Sunday night. Mm -hmm. um, it's a full time job like we could have an Archer bureau. <laughs> at Rebel News just to deal with all the news coming out of Archer Pulowski, his family, his church. Actually, I think you might be the Archer Bureau. I think I am the Archer Bureau, yeah. I think so too. <laughs> um, and, you know, there are reasons, I guess, that, and we'll talk to them because how could we'll talk about them. How could we not? Yeah. I might have to start watching regular TV again and paying attention to pop culture because crazy things happened last night yeah. at the Oscars. I've never watched an Oscars. I hear it's boring. Yeah. Um, and I just, I don't know why I, you see clips all the time of them just like making stupid political statements, alienating half the people who watch them. They do yeah. it all the time. Instead of just shutting up, taking your award, thanking all the people who helped you and go sit down. No, they have to turn it into some sort of thing for themselves. So I just don't watch, yeah. but I think I should start watching because things are getting interesting and I've got a lot of opinions and I don't even know where I land on this one. It's like once once every like couple of years, you'll have like Ricky Gervais come out and smoke everyone or Will Smith come out and literally smoke Chris Rock. Literally smoke um, But there, there's, there's, there's you, you almost watch just in case something implodes, I think, as most of the people. Maybe I'm not cynical enough to do that, but maybe I should be. Maybe, maybe I should be watching. But uh, yeah, we'll get yeah. into that for sure. Yeah, and I think we need to talk about Randy Hillier, um, independent yeah. MPP in Ontario, um, being arrested. So he's opposition to the government, and he's being yeah. arrested basically for opposing the government in some of these charges, unless they know things that I don't. Pretty darn trumped up, so we'll get to that in a second. But we should yeah. tell everybody what we're doing and how they can support us. Um, and support the work that we're doing here. Um, so this is, as I said, the Rebel News daily live stream. It used to just be hosted on Friday just by Ezra Levant. The pandemic struck, there's more news than ever, but you can't count on the mainstream media to even do the news, let alone get it right. And we've, we've got Alexa basically full-time investigating a story that CBC got completely wrong, and I think they know they got it wrong. So stay yep. tuned for that. Um, but um, once Joe Biden got elected, big tech didn't really have to pretend anymore about caring about free speech. So we used to just stream on YouTube and we still do because they don't want us there and that's how you get more of us. But they used to allow us on YouTube to get something called a super chat where you would send us a little bit of money. We would read your comment on air, your paid chat on air. And it was a great way to support the work that we do completely willingly, unlike what Justin Trudeau does with the mainstream media where he's like, oh, you haven't watched the C CBC in six months? That's fine, you still have to pay for it. We're giving them $1.5 billion, whether you like them or not. So. Um, big tech 
demonetize us on YouTube. So we're still on YouTube. There are things we can't talk about on YouTube. So we might, we'll see. We've been pretty good lately. We might have to cut the YouTube feed and where you can watch us sort of on the other platforms that we're on at the same time. So unfortunately, we're not on Super U today, but normally we are on Super U. And if you do normally watch us on Super U, you can send us something called a Super U shout. And that's their version of a paid chat. And then we'll read that on air. But we all... We are also streaming on Rumble. Rumble has something called a rant. So that's their version of a paid chat. If you send us a Rumble rant, we'll read it on air. And Odyssey has a couple different ways that you can send us a hyper chat using their library, cryptocurrency, or just regular old money. Um, and that's their version of a paid chat. We'll read that on air. And we are currently streaming on Getter as well. I think this begins the sixth week of our uh, live streaming relationship with Getter. And uh, I think it's going well over there. So those are the nuts and bolts. If you want to have your say, I've given you the ways to do that. Uh, Rumble Rant, Odyssey, Hyper Chat. Uh, those are the two big ways and normally Super U, but we just couldn't figure out uh, how to stream there today. But we'll hopefully have that resolved for tomorrow if that's your preferred form of viewing us. Um, lots of things to talk about. What do you want to start with? You want to start with, uh, do you want to start with Will Smith or should we start with Randy Hillier? Let's get jiggy with it right off the bat. Yeah, I, and I think that was the most <laughs> atrocious thing. I hadn't seen the getting jiggy with it video oh, until man. like just before we came on air. And I was like, yeah. oh, you know, he he was contrite in his acceptance speech, but no, they're <laughs> laughing at us. Why don't you yeah. take us through this? Because you pay closer attention to pop culture than I do. I know that for sure. Because nobody could pay less attention to pop culture than I do. Yeah. I think the last time I paid attention to Will Smith, Getting Jiggy With It just came out. So so um, that song sounded familiar mm. to me. But why don't you bring us sort of up to speed? And we've got, I think, three different clips that we can throw to. Yeah, yeah we can start pulling those up. But yeah, I want to be clear for everyone out there. I generally cover Christian pastors, persecution, <laughs> yeah. serious political coverage. But I'm also the pop culture junkie i'm not by any stretch of the imagination but what we did see last night was absolutely shocking here i, I think we've got the clip ready to go we can watch this right away yeah, here let's and just then get into it. it yeah smith wins like please lord jada i love you gi jane too can't wait to see it all right <laughs> he's laughing there he's laughing he's laughing that. <laughs> that, was a, that was a nice one okay I'm out here. Uh-oh, Richard. <laughs> oh, wow. Wow. Will Smith. Yeah, we're he, got in one, he got in one little fight and his mom got scared. She said, you're moving with your aunt and uncle to Bowler. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> yeah, so, and then after this, so when people are gauging whether it's a joke or not, the audio is just cut out here. We're not hearing it. But he so says we, basically, keep, yeah, there's profanity. Scary. Yeah. He says, keep my wife's name out of your blah, blah, blah mouth. Out here. Uh -oh. um, that's good. Yeah. So it, it, this is absolutely shocking. And I want to keep in mind uh, for those people, 10 minutes after this or so, Will Smith went up on stage, won an award um, and, and gave a speech saying that he was put on this earth by God to love people and protect people. Literally 10 minutes. Yeah, I think we have that. If we can go to that too and get the reaction I directly. Just, I just want to point out though, before we go to that, that something happened that we didn't see. Because as Chris Rock is 
telling this joke about Jada Pink Pinkett Smith. Jada yeah. Pinkett Smith. I think that's okay. That shows how in tune I am to all of this. But I that also means I come in with clear eyes. Uh, mm -hmm. As she, from what I understand, she's got alopecia, so she's bald, and it's something yeah. that she's sort of sensitive about but she's also kind of become an advocate for acceptance of it in my yeah. brief like poking around the internet before we came on air so it's not something that she hides um but chris rock made a joke about that because gi jane in that movie uh demi moore shapes her head yeah um and so he says you know whatever gi jane too will smith laughs at that joke oh yeah you can yeah. see him openly laughing then they go to chris rock and something happens in between with Jada Pinkett Smith and Will, yeah. where he goes from laughing to, I'm going to punch this man in the face. You, you can already see her starting the like death stare. And like yeah. you look at Will Smith, he's kind of uncomfortably laughing, trying to be a good sport. Like you can tell he's not really laughing. He's kind of like, ha, 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 ha. Um, he's yeah. like, it's a little funny, but my wife's got this thing. So it's not really appropriate. But I, like if you're in the front rows at the Oscars, you, it's a roast. You have to understand yeah. that context. Listen, if Chris Rock or some random person came up to her on the street and made some comment about her medical condition and he smacked her in the mouth, smacked him in the mouth, that might be a little more understandable. I still don't I'm think violence. I'm willing to hear those arguments. Yeah, I'm willing I to still, those arguments. I still don't think violence is the excuse because ultimately, once you cross that line of decking somebody over a comment, you're kind of the villain in that situation. Will Smith could have come up during his acceptance speech. He could have said something like that's not appropriate. She has a medical condition. There's a hundred things he could have done to make it clear that Chris yeah, Rock crossed the line. Yeah. They slow it right down. So there's a lot of ugh, conspiracy yeah. theories about whether or not it's real, but somebody yeah. slowed it right down and you can hear him hear the smack and yeah. look at his face just yeah the the jiggle real. like well and the the fact the is, whole, is you like, can tell even without seeing the hit because i think they tried to edit it and it got out on some networks um his reaction afterwards like chris rocket won a comedic legend uh, a, a consummate professional how he dealt with it was incredibly it was well managed but you could tell he was literally like what what he was trying what to like happened. laugh it off. Um, but yeah, the, what what we're seeing here, and it's so sad to see on Twitter, these progressive, peaceful leftists, Jada Pinkett Smith is one of their sort of people. So it's okay to enact violence on their behalf because they're those people. He literally came on afterwards talking about being an advocate and protecting uh, people from his community, BIPOC, whatever terminology you want to use um, during his speech. And literally he just smacked See, somebody. She rolls her for, eyes. Yeah. She rolls her eyes, he laughs, and then something happens here. Yeah. And like, it's, it, he literally says, I love you to start it off afterwards he's like that was a nice little joke and he's kind of apologetic like it was so innocuous um and yeah i don't get me wrong i completely understand the fact that she has this medical condition most people in hollywood are aware of it was it inappropriate and would will smith have been entirely justified and i think the term we're hearing often is chivalric it, it, it is sh like was he being chivalric here well there is a place comfort her maybe even say something to correct his behavior but walking up there and assaulting him over something he said, it just crosses a line, plain and simple, particularly in this context.
Let's see, I, I don't know. Maybe I'm just a little more Western than you. And so I'm like, I'm willing to hear arguments about somebody smacking somebody else in the mouth because something mean was said about somebody's wife. You know what? You could get me there. My problem at a, is- At a roast. At like a comedic okay. roast, at a rodeo, environment. At a rodeo, Road, exactly. You know? That's the way I said. If you're at if you're on the garden, streets, that happens all the time. Yeah, if you're on the streets or at a beer garden or something like that, and you're a random person, you're a celebrity sitting in the front row, and you know Chris Rock is going to roast people in the front. Now, one hundred percent, we can solve the conversation about whether a joke about someone's medical circumstance that they're probably, despite being an advocate for self, sort of conscious about. Yeah, we can have that conversation. We can have a conversation about whether Will Smith was right. Will Smith could have gone up and Kanye Wested it and, and grabbed the mic and said something. But he immediately sure. escalated to violence and people were yeah. so happy. It's so funny, all this talk out there about toxic masculinity and how bad it is. And then Will Smith assaults a dude for making a joke. And then the, the liberal progressives who talk about to toxic masculinity, a lot of them are celebrating this. If there yeah. is such a thing as toxic masculinity, it's attacking somebody physically for making a joke, whether it's appropriate or not. I, I, I hate to break it to people out there, but a lot of comedy is sort of dancing on lines of appropriateness and not, and making it okay to assault someone, particularly a comedian. It's one of the last holy grails, one of the last safe spaces, real safe spaces in society where Anthony Jesselnik or Dave Chappelle or some of these other people can question things and and he dared cross one of those lines and question a powerful uh a woman like jada pinkett smith and he got smacked and, and progressives are happy about it not all i think that this is i think that there is a lot of nuance out there because even even progressives that i that i saw originally saying well i wish a man would stand up for me like that i'm like well it's like you're craving traditional masculinity or something so understandable entirely understandable but this was clearly a reaction to some sort of underlying issues and i don't care do whatever you want in your sort of weird relationship the smiths that's yeah. between them um whatever underlying issues about it, in fact yeah whatever <laughs> underlying issues anything about it <laughs> manifested in this there's clearly some underlying issues and something happened there that manifested in Will Smith being forced by some sort of glare after laughing to go up and assault somebody. Um, but yeah, I, I do get where you're coming from. If someone were to yell an inappropriate comment, I'd walk over and demand that they apologize. My immediate instinct wouldn't be to clock somebody in the mouth, but I'd go over and be like, listen, you don't talk to her like that. That's completely yeah. understandable, but not in this context. Yeah, for sure. Get for up sure. and get up and leave, get up and leave. You're yeah. Will Smith. You're a star. Right before you win, get up and leave. Be like, my family's not taking this. We're better than this. See you later. That would have been a massive statement. Yeah, no, and as he slapped Ezra, a guy. As Ezra points out, also, who what man goes around slapping another man? By yeah. the way, yeah, like that's such a lady thing to do. Um, but um, as Ezra points out, uh, the chivalrous argument falls a little bit flat. Like. I'm all for chivalry. Hold the door open. Somebody talks bad about your wife. They, you know, they're going to find out that it was a bad idea. Yeah. Uh, fine. I'm perfectly fine with that. Except for the fact that these guys were not all of Hollywood, by the way, not exactly chivalrous with Epstein and Weinstein no. running around town, you know, lording power over, over women. They all kept, not only did they ignore it, they were yeah. part of keeping the secret. And, but now they're chivalrous yeah. we need to roll back the clock a little bit if you guys want to start caring yeah. about those sorts of things yeah. 
Yeah, it, yeah, exactly. I was gonna say if Will Smith were to have decked, uh, well, I mean, he's a bit old, so it might be a weird, bit weird, but I wouldn't have been quite so critical if uh, Will Smith would have would have uh, paid a visit to Weinstein. That yep. would have been a little little more understandable than uh, than lashing out. And you know what? There's there's so much. It's it's like one of those. There's so much like sickness and festering underneath the scenes in Hollywood that oh, occasionally gross. these things just bubble and boil over. Um, this has nothing yeah. to do with, ju- th- there's no way that he just assaulted a guy based on this one joke alone. There's some underlying yeah. issues, but I think you're dead on the money. The amount of horrific stuff that, that goes on in Hollywood um, that these people are intimately familiar with. Ricky Gervais nailed it when he called it out. I think that was the Oscars. I mean, one of those things anyways. Um, in that speech where he basically said, you're all friends with the Epsteins. Like, yeah, you're yeah. you're complicit in all of this. So just take your award, shut up and go away. But yeah, the the, the his uh, the audacity of Will Smith afterwards. Uh, did we roll the acceptance speech yet? I don't think no. we did. Uh, yeah, everyone tells me we've got it. Let's roll it. Yeah, let's roll that. After smacking somebody. Right after smacking somebody. Oh, man. Uh... Richard Williams um, was a fierce defender of his family. In this time in my life, in this moment, I am overwhelmed by what God is calling on me to do and be in this world. Making this film, I got to protect Ingenue Ellis, who was one of the most, the strongest, most delicate people I've ever met. I got to protect Sanaya and Demi, the two actresses that played Venus and Serena. You protect Chris Rock. <clears throat> the I'm being called on in my life to love people. <laughs> Ten minutes and later, to Chris Rock, no? people. <laughs> and to be a river to my people. What are you talking about? Now I know to do what we do, you gotta be able to take abuse. You gotta be able to have people talk yeah, crazy about you. Like slapping, In this being business, slapped. you gotta be able to have people disrespecting you. And you gotta smile and you gotta pretend like that's okay. But Richard Williams, and what I loved, thank you, B. Denzel said to me a few minutes ago, he said, at your highest moment, be careful. That's when the devil comes for you. He tells you to slap this rock. <laughs> Denzel's like, don't associate me with this. Okay, <laughs> like so, that. go ahead. I, no, go ahead. It's, yeah. I was just gonna say, like the audacity of this guy. First of all, what makes you think all these other random women that you worked with need you to protect them? This, you know, and like, don't accuse me of being a feminist, but um, this is just him making excuses for what he just did, that he has this calling from God to run around protecting women. Oh, really? Where were you when Weinstein was lording his power over all these young starlets then? 
with yeah. your mouth shut, hoping yeah. to get uh, a role in an Epstein mo- or a Weinstein movie. You know, it, it's just ridiculous. He's standing yeah. up there acting all self-righteous. I'm the protector of yeah. all these other women. First of all, yeah, you are the protector of your family. You're the dad. Um, but that seems, again, falls a little flat with your open relationship business with your wife that I yeah. recently just found out about as I was poking around. So, again, yeah. this whole, like, I'm the dad protecting my family. Okay, then why are you letting other dudes run around with your wife? Um, but uh, the what... Really, I found remarkable. If I were Chris Rock, I'd be packing my bags and moving to a ranch in the middle of Wyoming because nobody seems to give a damn about whether or not no. he was hurt. Like, nobody bothered to see, like, hey, are your teeth loose? Did you lose one? Did you swallow one? Yeah. During the break, you can see, I think it's Denzel Washington. Again, I don't really know these things. They, and I think it was a publicist for uh, Will Smith um, and Jada Pinkett Smith, they sort of run over and comfort Will Smith. Yeah, so we've got this here. So there, I think this is Denzel comforting Will Smith. What does he yeah. need comforting for? Did he hurt his yeah. hand on Chris Rock's face? Um, yeah. Nobody, if I were Chris Rock, I would be like, none of these people give a damn about me. I need to get out of this Sodom and Gomorrah and get away from these people who just watched me get assaulted on air and nobody, whether you yeah. agree with what Chris Rock said or didn't say, maybe yeah. you might, might want to see, like, uh, do you need some help finding your teeth? None of that even happened. Yeah. yeah. Well, and, the, the fa- and look at this, like, lion, consolation party lining up. Like, the only, it, it doesn't matter the context. You could be getting a Imagine Nobel being piece. Chris Rock, looking yeah. at this. Yeah. It, it, like, you could literally be a Nobel Peace Prize recipient. You've done everything your whole life life right you've you've done i mean not that nobel rewards recipients tend to be good they tend to be politicized but regardless you, let's say you live your whole life virtuously you're doing everything right your bloody mother Teresa. you show up at an award ceremony and right before you give your speech you literally assault somebody the award should be taken away and you should be sent home like you shouldn't get to go give a speech 10 minutes after assaulting somebody and like i to an extent i do feel bad for him he is like a child star the fact that he's having this emotional breakdown and he's on a tangent that doesn't really make sense to me indicates there's something mentally wrong here obviously there's some kind of mania happening here over the course of this whole thing he goes from laughing to violent to crying and then we've got a clip from later on in the evening um where we go like full circle with the mania Yeah, yeah It's yeah. like a manic and, episode. It's literally a manic episode is what it looks like. Yeah, yeah. yeah. And then his like emotional outburst, uncontrolled feelings of his acceptance speech, mm-hmm. I they feel very insincere yeah. when you a get to the to after party. Yeah. Like, when you I get to the to, after party. I'm called party. to be a river to my people. Like... It's like, you know, if, it, if it's Michael Jackson accepting a Lifetime Achievement Award, Michael Jackson could say, I want to be a river to my people. Yeah, Michael Jackson can say <laughs> that. Um, Will Smith is not quite there yet, it, it, especially 10 minutes after smacking one of his people. Uh, like it, the people he's professing to advocate for, the community he's professing to advocate for. It, it's like there's this, uh, it's either serious mental illness, and I hope the guy has help and I recant anything i've said he's got some serious issues hopefully he gets some help or it's like this weird sort of pr strategizing of no one's talking about me how do i become relevant um he probably he just maybe won an oscar think, 
Yeah, maybe <laughs> he didn't think he was going to win, so he wanted some attention. I don't know. Um, but yeah, I it don't was... Know. Uh, it was something else. Here's- the other thing too, and well, we can we don't have to talk about this forever, but the other thing with Will Smith is he was, despite all of this weird stuff, he was often held up as kind of an example of like nonviolent, respectful hip hop culture. Um, and lots yeah. of young people could look up to him. As, yeah, but he, they could look up to him. I mean, people out there would often criticize him for being like whitewashed or whatever. And I think he addressed that very sort of gracefully. He says, no, I can be intelligent and educated and use big words and rap and I can do all that stuff. I can be a successful Hollywood actor and example to, to kids everywhere. Well, kids who looked up to him to the good guy, now the good guy goes around smacking comedians whose jokes that he doesn't like. So there's uh that there, there's a there's definitely some legacy tarnishing and to see everyone just going along with it to see no one react adversely everyone comforting him <laughs> and let's play this get and jiggy with it clip or whatever oh, song yeah, it this is. is crazy this is crazy because and again, everyone fawning around him it's everyone yeah. it, like they're laughing at the normals um and yeah. i'll get to why i think that and this is where i'm at look i'm willing to hear arguments about whether or not you could you should smack a man for insulting your wife where I come from, that that might pass the muster. Um, you wouldn't but slap Tara, him, though. But... No, not slap him. That, yeah. Men shouldn't slap each other. Quit no. slapping each other, guys. Like mm. what? Take, anyways. Um, so, uh, you know, I, I'm pro-chivalry. But then it's the crying and claiming that you're a protector. Like a normal guy would have been like, I handled that wrong. Uh, yeah. Apologies. Don't hand, don't solve your problems with violence. And um, I feel like yeah. I should have talked to Chris separately um, mm-hmm. off camera instead of assaulting him in front of millions of people. And this is where uh, watching this clip you guys are about to see here. This is where I know that they are laughing at normal people yeah. because if you or I walked up and assaulted Chris Rock in front of millions of people on camera, we wouldn't be partying. We would be yeah. um, trying out our new bracelets in the Crowbar Hotel, if you know what yeah. I mean. Look what look what uh, Will Smith did. Look how upset he is. almost like he wanted attention it's it's basically him and Dwayne the Rock Johnson who go off this hard to their own songs no one else in Hollywood has the it's just I see this and I see all these people laughing at the normals because they know the rules don't apply to them. And that's the part that I can't stand about this. Yeah. Smack well, the man I, for I, insulting your wife. I'm willing yeah. to hear that argument. Yeah. You're acting chivalrous. Again, willing to hear that argument. Falls flat given what we know about the Sodom and Gomorrah of Hollywood these days yeah. that has come out in court trials all over the place. But this is the part that bugs me. is because he stood know, up there minutes earlier and cried yeah. about you know, what he had just had to go through by smacking Chris Rock in the face, yeah. um, that he was the victim there. And then he performs like this, knowing that there are zero consequences for the act yeah. of violence he committed against somebody else. I think our society yeah. falls down on, you don't solve your verbal problems with violence. That's, yeah. that's sort of like where normal people fall on this. Um, but they know there are zero consequences for him. And online people are like, oh, look at him. He's the goat. He's the greatest of all time. He 
defended his wife. Okay, fine. Again, willing to hear that argument. And uh, look at him. He's partying. He won an Oscar and he's partying. Look at this. Best night of Will Smith's life. And it's like, no, these people are laughing at you. They're mm. laughing at you. And like, it's crazy how bloodthirsty progressives are when it's like their people. Like they're so eager to see uh, cops beating up freedom protesters and to see Will Smith smacking Chris Rock and to see all this violent escalation. If it goes the other way, though, when a cop uh, defends himself and it, it discharges their service arm, then then it's it's the end of the world and violence is terrible. But they there's so, it's crazy how bloodthirsty they are. They want violence on some sort of underlying level. They act like oh, we're all very feminine and there's no masculine virtue here and uh, masculinity is toxic. We're all gentle, but then they love to see this escalation and this violence. Um, it's very much the modern sort of gladiator thing. And Will Smith could have come out at the start of his acceptance speech. This is the only way the situation was recoverable. If he would have sort of said, like, I, I connected a little harder than intended there, like, like made like I was just trying to sort of make a joke out of, about it and set you straight. But he didn't do that. He acted like he was the prophet and messiah there to protect the victim and love assigned by God to smack Chris Rock. Madness. I'm sure people are sick about hearing about this. Yeah. It's been out there nonstop, but we did definitely want to get into it a little bit. So, yeah. okay, we should move <laughs> along to the other news of the day, because again, this is, we just saw Hollywood laughing at normal people, how rules don't apply to them. Yeah. Um, and I think it clearly has to do with, because they are just a progressive hellhole, progressive yeah. hellscape of Hollywood. But if you're Speaking a normal, of progressive hellscapes. <laughs> yeah. Speaking of progressive hellscapes, let's talk about Ottawa um, yeah. and uh, how if your politics don't align with their progressivism, they're going to throw the book at you. You can smack a guy in front of millions of people. It's perfectly fine. Cops don't come. Mm -hmm. um, but if you protest the government, oppose the government as a member of an opposing party or as an independent opposition member, you can go straight to jail. And yeah. Randy Hillier... He's facing nine charges after the Ottawa convoy protest. Hillier was expected to turn himself in Monday morning, which he did. Um, I'm just reading this off CBC, um, but uh, because they have the list of the breakdown of the new charges, the new charges are. Uh, oh, look at this. This is shocking um, because this is uh this is policing by mob justice. So uh, CBC reports that Ottawa police announced nine charges against independent Lanark Fontenac Kingston MPP Randy Hillier in a Monday morning news release saying they had complaints. So the mob did this. Complaints about social media posts and other activities of an individual during the so-called freedom convoy. The charges are one count of assaulting a peace officer or public officer. Mm. When did this happen? Uh, one count of obstructing or resisting a public officer. This is one of those catch-all um, charges that they can do their best to make stick because it's kind yep. of vague. Excuse me. One count of obstructing or resisting someone aiding a public or police officer or peace officer. Again, catch-all. Three no, counts of counts. Three counts of counseling an uncommitted indictable offense. Two of them considered mischief. So what is that? He may have told people to honk their horns and yet the people didn't because yeah. this is an uncommitted indictable offense. And or maybe it was intending an event. It could have been, hey, we're doing this thing. Maybe You should it. come too. 
Yeah. Yeah. You you could say you should come to the convoy. And since they made protesting basically illegal in Ottawa, that might be what they considered. And two counts of mischief were obstructing property exceeding five thousand dollars. Hillier surrendered at Ottawa police headquarters Monday morning. He told reporters he was doing so after getting a call from police Sunday. He denied assaulting an officer, say he only greeted people with love and affection and embrace and handshakes. So unless handshakes and warm embraces are now considered assault, I have no idea. Uh, David Menzies got in trouble for shaking hands. So, so you know, who knows? Um, and he's got a really, really, really great lawyer, David Amber, who um, was on some of the Fight the Fines cases. Um, so sounds like he'll get a Monday bail hearing. So I think he's still in custody. Yeah. And um, this is outrageous. So there were calls for Hillier's arrest. So this is the thing that really bothers me because police are responding to mob calls from the left for Hillier's arrest. There were calls for Hillier's arrest in February after he tweeted that people should keep calling after Ottawa police tweeted that people had to stop calling critical emergency and operational phone lines to express their displeasure over police actions to clear the street. So the police were mad because people were calling the police complaints line to complain about the police and how the police were engaging in um, trying to control the peaceful protesters. For example, maybe they got a complaint that a police officer shot a journalist at point blank range with a pepper canister. Um, who do you who do you tell? You or call they're the using police horses as weapons. Yeah. yeah, are they trampling old ladies with horses? Who do you call? Yeah. You call the complaints line. Now, that's not the uh, emergency line. That's the police complaints line. Hillier's also facing charges for breaking COVID pandemic rules and said Monday he's facing about 25 charges for various COVID protests. So he, as a member of the opposition, was attending protests to oppose government policy and government restrictions, and he was issued... Uh, yeah citations for that and he's got 25 of those this is absolutely insane this is criminalizing opposition to the government yeah here. yeah that's exactly and what it's his it job that's what he takes a salary for yeah yeah it's you know the the wild thing is and for i want to touch on one thing first really really quickly yep, um we go. talked about those assault charges um we'll have an interview coming out today with the young uh man at devlin who's a, who arrested at the calgary protests last saturday um, and one of the charges that he is facing is aggravated assault, I believe. It's either assault or aggravated assault. Um, the wild thing is that this, this officer who lied, and I can say that on record, objectively lied, said that Devlin, who in the video, by the way, you can clearly see is pinned on the ground. His legs are actually stuck in front of him, and they're pushing him downwards with his arms behind his back. So he can't move his legs under him. And he's saying, I'm complying. I'm not resisting. I just can't move my legs that way. Then they tased him, by the way. But they're saying this cop, they're alleging that he aggravate, he engaged in aggravated assault against this officer. Clearly in the video, and the police were filming too, another person is trying to get out of the way and the cop trips on him. It's not Devlin. He doesn't come close to him. He's on the ground. And the cop falls through these bushes. He happy, they're, they're moving backwards. The cop trips on somebody. It's completely apparent. And they're literally still charging this guy. Uh, Devlin's got himself an excellent lawyer. They're going on the, the offensive here. Um, but yeah, so that's the position he's in. And they're telling him to move his legs behind him, but they're not letting him move. Then they taste him. But one of the officers that I don't know if it's in this shot, 
eventually trips, but someone else is running by and he trips over him. There's bogus, uh, they're bogusly saying that he assaulted him. So there's no doubt something likely similar going on with Randy Hillier. But the other thing I want to get into here is that these, these government officials, whether it's in Alberta, whether it's in Ontario, they've never actually gone to court to defend these measures. They've never been in court to say that, oh, well, these measures are justifiable and protesting is illegal. Ultimately, what they've just done is with ex parte orders and de facto declarations is declared protests illegal. You might be able to make some sort of argument, if indeed these protests are illegal, that inviting people to them to attend is inciting people to participate in criminal activity. The problem is, is it's not criminal activity. Give, send, go was lied to, or sorry, uh, GoFundMe was lied to by government officials saying it was violent. After the fact, they said, well, we relied on information that was false. Media was reporting that there was loaded firearms at these trucker companies. We now know that that's not true either. There's all these lies and they manifested this governmental response based on lies that frankly the government was propagating and now they're punishing people for attending these peaceful protests often suggesting that they're still violent when that narrative has completely fallen by the wayside you look at pastor arthur pavlowski you look at randy hillier you look at tamara Litch, you look at all these people and you look at the response of the european parliament members to justin trudeau the world knows this canadians are somehow apathetic but the world is calling justin trudeau a fascist and a dictator and a tyrant and all ultimately a Chinese communist sympathizer who wants to destroy opposition. That's what is happening here. Uh, This individual, can you issue a ticket if there's a valid injunction from a judge for honking? I think it's silly, but sure, you might be able to. But levying a pile of charges like they've done against Pastor Arthur Pawlowski without basis, based on now expired health order restrictions that were never tested in court, it's insane. And we've heard politicians time and time again say, it's lawlessness, it's lawlessness. Well, it is 100% lawlessness, but the lawlessness is not the truckers and the protesters. The lawlessness is the politicians and government officials who seemingly think that they can throw the Charter of rights and freedoms away think that they can ignore the criminal code and break the law they're the ones who are breaking the law they're the ones assaulting people they're the ones damaging people's property and if there is any semblance of justice if there is any sort of uh justice done that adheres to the charter and the criminal code they will be held accountable and these people will be exonerated beyond anything but a ticket it's it's madness and it is i agree with rachel notley and justin trudeau and all these people saying it's lawlessness but it's not the protesters it's them it's the courts yeah and the absolute lying from the police like i look at these trumped up charges that they've got randy hill here on um we have to recall that this is the same police force that lied to go fund me and said that the protesters were being violent they stood up uh this the new uh, interim police chief Bell, he stood up and said the protesters very nearly injured a horse by throwing a bike at a horse. Well, the whole world is looking at a video saying, no, actually you trampled a couple of people um, and sent one lady to the hospital. He said he had absolutely no clue about what, of what happened to Alexa. So Why would anybody believe? We didn't point guns at anybody. And there's a hundred videos of them pointing guns at people. (laughs) Yeah. Saying they didn't point guns at anybody. All this stuff, though, the unskeptical mainstream media who remain terrible. And the convoy, besides exposing politicians, really exposed how terrible the mainstream media is. Yeah. They ran with all these lies. These lies that they knew were completely untrue. Yeah. 
They ran with every single one of them. You know, and they hate us so much, but we'll never go away as long as they remain terrible. The the wild thing is we saw literally with the previous police chief who was booted for not dropping the hammer he didn't will smith the uh the truck protesters and go up there and it's in a escalate yeah. things we talk about de-escalation but we saw these truckers um basically peacefully protesting maybe there's a bit of inconvenience but hey when you completely undermine people's fundamental rights and then they protest the intent is for there to be minor inconvenience they're there to make a point um but you saw the police chief booted and then you saw a yeah. new police chief come in and he was hammered down militant. He broke the law. Like he literally was pointing guns at people's faces and mowing over ladies. And then you saw the same thing. We can keep talking about Ottawa a bit, but you really did see the same thing here. The police chief was accommodating peaceful protests for two years. There was no incidents whatsoever. Suddenly violent counter protesters show up and Mayor Gioti Gondek has a tantrum saying that those people are allowed to be violent, disregard police orders and and block the road and counter protest. But freedom fighters can't peacefully protest. And then we saw a sudden escalation with arrests and enforcement and violence and ticketing at the behest of a mayor who happened to be in a mood and decry one group like that i'm 100 sure that police chief uh, in calgary mark newfeld he felt the pressure well i don't want to be showed the road for not coming down hard on these guys yeah. so we're going to come down on them hard too i do think that there's a degree more measure and he he was despite a bunch of madness in trying to make sure people could still protest in one way or another. But regardless, he, he went from completely peaceful to escalating the situation at the behest of, once again, a political mayor, not law enforcement. Yeah, and it, it's just so petty. I think we've got a, a clip from Mocha, if you wouldn't mind getting to that, Efron, um, of Calgarians being fined $81 for honking in support of the Freedom Rally. I can tell you in Edmonton, they've doubled... They've doubled the cost of the ticket to 162 because nobody cared. Nobody yeah. was playing along with the honking. It didn't yeah. the honking ban in Edmonton. It didn't stomp stop the honking. So they doubled yeah. the ticket. I ran into a lady over the weekend that we're going to help with that ticket. Um, I checked with the lawyers at um, the Democracy Fund this morning. They said they will help her, but it's just petty. They're doing everything oh, they yeah. can to stop the people from showing up in peacefully protesting and as you know honking your horn is a it's a it's a salute to you can you can smack somebody on the oscars but you cannot honk your horn but you cannot honk why don't we roll this clip yeah this is somebody getting a honking ticket are you guys getting a ticket for honking fuck yeah for honking for honking that guy (laughs) well piece of shit what do you make of this that's bullshit this kid's their fucking freedoms are right yes whether someone walked in their way or we just honk to say thank you. Absolute fucking bullshit. And you get a ticket for that. Yep. Yeah. It seems like you're not the only one. There are a couple of more There's cars. Yeah. Pull more people over. Absolute tyranny. Fuck Trudeau. You know, there's so much profanity. Let's let's mosey on from the audio. But I, it was yeah. so funny. We, uh, so after we were wrapping up and the protests were starting to wrap up, there are a bunch of these cops who watch Rebel News. They like us. They come up to us and talk yeah. to us. Yeah. And when I was walking back to my car, they're, they're actually standing on the corner when cars are honking and radioing ahead the license plates to people in order to give out tickets. Yeah. I go, so you can't honk your horn ever? Well, yeah, there's an injunction. So that was his excuse to me. Wow. 
So the, the, these cops that we know, and I looked at them, and I just gave them this sort of head shake, like... Gross. Every car that honks, they're running out, getting their plates and radioing ahead. It's, it was so, so pathetic. The other thing that I wanted to get into with the Calgary protests is, so this injunction effectively at the... 81 bucks, yeah. 81, yeah. Oh, uh, I don't know. You don't remember? That one there, I maybe honked three times. Yeah, the lady that I met over the weekend, she's like, they didn't even know why I was honking. They're like, she's like, maybe there were ducklings crossing the road or a cat that was crossing the road, but they just heard my horn and pulled me over. Yeah. So the the madness here is they so they originally like they, they were doing their best to try and comply with the with the injunction because they obviously don't want to break the law. There's Jesse Johnson um, didn't want to break the law. Um, so they're like, okay, well, we can go to City Hall because that's not a park. That's not violating the injunction. So suddenly the Bangladeshi independence community with insufficient notice booked City Hall out for a flag raising ceremony that they didn't end up doing. So they booked it out, said they couldn't go there, huh. but they didn't end up doing that. Um, so whatever they canceled, I, I guess the police media relations person said some, they did book it, whatever. I don't believe them because they, they didn't give sufficient notice. But anyways, so then they moved to Olympic Plaza, where they were told that originally they would be able to use amplification in that area, that area would be exempt. So everyone met there. But then a couple of days later, they rescinded the opportunity for that to be a place where they could use amplification. So on a whim, they then had to go to the park, uh, the Hodgkinson Park, I think, outside of the Calgary Court Center anyways. And finally, that is where they were allowed to gather and protest with amplification and do everything. Um, there was a significant police presence. The counter protesters were nowhere to be seen. That speaks to the fact, and the police chief even said this, the counter protesters, I think they realized the optics weren't looking good because they were the ones yeah. being violent. They were the ones escalating. And unlike these protests that have been going on organically for two years, so the people pe keep coming, once the optics look bad, the organized counter protesters just stop so they had like right. a book reading event in a park and a few people showed up but like the paid activists weren't there so it was absolutely nothing and guess what two years peace there's a couple weeks where counter protesters show up there's violence and smoke bombs they don't show up again everything's peaceful again and everything's fine and uh, aside from some drone flying stuff and some traffic tickets um, there was there was there was one arrest actually that took place, but it wasn't even at this protest. At the protest, there was no tickets, no fines, nothing. It was just yeah, you guys are allowed to protest again. You're just at a different location. So we saw this insane escalation at the behest of the mayor, and her rhetoric 100% radicalized the Antifa crowd and sure. these militants to come out and fight back because she said they're not counter protesters. They're people justified defending their neighborhoods and they have every right to do that she escalated and if anyone's going to be charged with escalating increasing violence causing illegal protests it should be mayor gioti gondek she's the one who literally invited people to block the streets disobey police and defend their neighborhood against a peaceful protest yeah it reminds me of that uh crazy absolutely insane liberal mp who said that honking your horn is basically a roman salute to uh the ghost of Adolf Hitler, that radical, yeah, that radicalizes people that yeah. that weaponizes the Antifa activists who wear the punch Nazis shirts, but the yeah. supply of Nazis does not meet the demand. So she's like, you know what? All those people over there are Nazis. So what does yeah. that tell the punch Nazis crowd? Just go and punch those nice, peaceful people yeah. because they honk their horn. That's what that was meant to do. It does exactly. radicalize these crazy people, and it gives them permission to go around assaulting people. 
Yeah, 100%. And it's it's so shocking to see that this has become the norm, especially in Calgary of all places, um, that, that we have a mayor who so hates her own people. Literally, she said in a tweet, like, oh, well, the people who are who were blocking the road, blocking an organized protest that was being guided by police and the police had to physically move them. They were disobeying police. They were actually obstructing, obstructing justice and obstructing police activity. Um, she said those people are entirely justified. That is a direct sort of from the mayor directly ordering people to contravene the actions of police. It, it's incredibly shocking to see. So I said, well, they are they are counter protesters in a tweet, very respectfully. They are counter protesters yeah. and they quite simply are not obeying the police like they're breaking the law. And enforcement on that day was moving them out of the way so the peaceful protest could continue. She immediately blocked me. I wasn't disrespectful. I didn't say anything. Just blocked. No engagement whatsoever. Um, she has no interest in the vast majority. When you see thousands of people coming out week after week for these freedom protests, and then you have 12 paid activists countering them, <laughs> and she's saying those are the good guys. Um, yeah, it's, 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 it's a sad situation. Now, Calgary's tyranny has actually spilled over into Edmonton, and that should really come as no surprise. Um, yesterday evening, the weekend sort of blended together for me a little bit there, but yeah. yesterday evening I was out at the Edmonton Remand Center because we know that the system has moved Pastor Art Pulowski to the Edmonton Remand, which makes me worried that he's in for the long haul because that's where they sort of shuffle the longer term offenders as they await trial. And it's Canada's largest prison. That's what the remand center is. And as you know, for those of you who aren't following along, although you can get all the details at savearter.com and support his legal battle there. Pastor Art, his trouble started at the beginning of the pandemic. He was feeding the homeless in downtown Calgary, bitterly cold day. Um, because that's what he's called by God to do. That's what he's always done. And he was there feeding the homeless. The city officials came over and said, that's an illegal public gathering during the time of COVID. Here's a ticket. And they did this repeatedly. He never stopped feeding the homeless. He can't. They rely on him. These are people who can't go to shelters. Now, yeah. from there, it sort of spiraled. Because then the he refused to limit his church to comply with COVID restrictions. Because he will not turn away a worshiper. And he will not do anything that impedes their ability to worship together and join together in fellowship. So if they wanted to wear a mask, fine. If they didn't want to, that's fine too. Social distance, fine. If he didn't want to, that's fine too. But he wasn't going to turn anybody away. So then health officials started trying to inspect the church. And that's where we get the famous get out, get out where he casts the devils out. Um, that's where we get that video from. Now, from that, they started getting, they, the government started getting these ex parte orders, secret orders, even though they know full well that Art has a long-term lawyer, Sarah Miller from JSS Barristers, um, who's been working like a lion for him. But they didn't tell her that they were getting these court orders against him because they know Sarah will argue valiant, valiantly against them. So they go and get these orders that say that they can come and inspect his church basically at any time, eight to eight. So while church services are happening, while, you know, there's kids downstairs in the daycare, all that stuff. Which is illegal, by the way, but yes. Which is illegal. 176 of the criminal code. You can't interrupt a church service. But they also got another uh, court order that restricted his ability to protest because then they made protests outside an illegal public gathering. And under that court order, um, Art was arrested and held for three days. Likewise, Chris Scott from the Whistle Stop was arrested and held for three days. Because he was protesting at his own restaurant 
that they seized his restaurant and his campground and his gas station and his convenience store held for three days. So Art then goes, he, lots of legal wrangling to get him out. This is one of the high profile takedowns. Lots of legal, legal wrangling to get him out of jail. He was given a compelled speech order wherein he had to renounce his own opinions about COVID and lockdowns before he could speak publicly. And that includes from the pulpit in his own church, which is outrageous. Um, but that compelled speech order, again, Sarah argued and had that squashed awaiting appeal of his other sanctions. Art was arrested after giving a speech to the truckers at the Coots border. He was arrested under um, a rule, a new, never-before-used law, little-known law designed to deal with pipeline bombers and wellhead saboteurs. It's the Critical Infrastructure Defense Act. And uh, he was also arrested and charged for uh, criminal mischief. They basically accused him of being the mastermind of what happened at Coots, where truckers and farmers, locals, were blocking the border. He's not a local to Coots. And the protest was happening before he got there, and it went on after he left. He went same day, gave a sermon, and left. Somehow he's the criminal mastermind, according to the government, of this. Yeah. He's been held in jail now. We're approaching 50 days. On Friday, he was granted bail on these charges. But they have not released him. Instead, they moved him to Edmonton and are holding him on other breaches of other conditions. They have no intention of letting this man go. And again, what you're watching right here, this is the crime for which they've held this man for approaching 50 days. This is it. This is what it's like, like in Alberta. And they moved him. It, sorry. Sorry. Go ahead. Yeah. No, no, I, I just wanted to say, because you said 50 days there, the absolute madness of this is, one, a number of the other charges that are sort of uh, pending that are holding him are not likely to stick. One, literally, it stems to he didn't wear a mask at an outdoor protest, and he was trying to get his mail from a Canada post office. They wouldn't let him get it. So he actually called the police just saying, I'm just trying to get my mail. What can we do here? So they're very non-substantial charges. Um, they're yeah. likely to fade away. So so the, the, the items that they currently have. But let's say Pastor Arthur Pulowski is charged, found guilty, and given the, the supreme penalty, the most severe sanctions for every single alleged crime that he has committed. Um, if you serve time in incarceration, pre-trial you get additional credit for it um, two for one usually sometimes it's one and a half sometimes it's two for one regardless though with 50 days he's served 70 plus days already the cumulative punishments and the worst case scenarios for the nature of his offenses will not reach anywhere near the time that he's already served and yet he is still being held it's extremely problematic um, unfortunately, there are matters that were actually discussed within the proceedings. There's a publication ban in effect to prevent, uh, to, to protect effectively the witnesses and Pastor Arthur's case. That's not a cover up or anything. It was requested by Sarah Miller because some of the testimony they wanted to ensure those individuals weren't being harassed. But he has spent more time in jail than he in, in, incarcerated than he would being charged on all of these things. It's extremely troubling. Um, like you said, there is hope that he can get out the most serious charges. He has been granted bail with a number of conditions on, but it seems like whenever something goes away, something else comes up, often stemming from prior incidents, old incidents. Um, so we're very much going to see in the next day or two whether the Crown comes up with a whole bunch of new stuff or if they're like, 
well, he's already been granted bail on these more serious matters. There's been an appeal process. Even the sanctions with compelled speech and all this, those have been held over until appeal. There, there seems to be some semblance from the court and judges of measure drawing back from this overreach and these oversteps. So hopefully the Crown takes note of that. But if we know anything from their conduct towards Pastor Arthur Pawlowski so far, they seem to just want to get the guy, even if it's complete without foundation. So we'll, we'll see in the next couple of days what exactly comes of it. I will have an update. Sarah is going to be in court today again. Tomorrow evening, I'm going to talk to Sarah uh, about this. And I, I want to let people know I did talk to Nathaniel Pawlowski. That interview will be out today about the bail process, about his father being moved to Edmonton. So we do have a lot of updates coming your way on this. Yeah, there were about 200 people at uh, the Remand Center in Edmonton last night. I hadn't been there since James Coates, another pastor, was held for um, about 35 days. These are the people that Jason Kenney calls um, bugs, generally kooky people, um, the angry. Uh, th these are the people that Jason Kenney wrote off last week. Look at these angry people. Look at, Look at how awful. nationalistic flag symbols and the you singing know what, can we the roll dancing. this back yeah they're singing dancing praying they said the lord's prayer in dene and then in english because apparently they're you know white nationalists as the mainstream media would have you believe uh but there's a pretty serious um indigenous contingent here and a, a lot of them are very grateful for the uh work that pastor art does for the marginalized homeless indigenous population of calgary um but if we might want to roll the audio here because they're singing this little, this little light of mine. Um, Ra radicals, violent, radical. angry. you can see by the angry faces um, that, that that these are very, very bad people. Yeah. And they need and to they be, were... they should be, they should be imprisoned as well for daring to question the Justin Trudeau's sunny ways and official government narrative. Yeah. I mean, these are people making a joyful noise because they don't know what else to do to support yeah. art, but they also take a lot of comfort knowing that art is probably um, ministering to people. Um, inside the remand center, they said, well, they moved him to a bigger prison. So he has more people to help. So I guess that's good. And we know yeah. that art, it, I mean, he it's he's called within his heart to help marginalized people. Do you want the, the wildest thing, and this will be in my update with Nathaniel Pawlowski, but I'll give you a bit of a sneak peek. He was actually on his way to do a Bible study with the prisoners at Calgary remand. So they were all waiting for him. Then the guards <laughs> came and told Pastor Archer that he had a visitor. So he said, oh, okay, I don't get too many visitors. Even Sarah Miller struggles to get in his own lawyer to speak yeah. with him, which is an additional concern now that he's moved to Edmonton. But they told him he has a visitor. So he goes with them, doesn't, didn't get to get anything out of his cell, didn't get to say goodbye to anybody. And instead of walking him to the visiting room, they walk him to a van and drive him to Red Deer and then move him to another van. They didn't tell him what was happening. He was scared as they were driving. And once he got to Edmonton, they gave him a note explaining why he was moved, some of the details about why he was moved. So he literally, the, the, the inmates, the Pawlowskis actually got calls from other inmates saying they were concerned because he disappeared. 
He literally just disappeared with his stuff still in his cell. So uh, th those details and more um, are coming up in the interview with Nathaniel Pavlovsky today. But uh, Pat, for those, if anyone is extremely concerned, um, Pastor Archer is actually receiving slightly better care in Edmonton yes. remand. Yeah. Um, because, because he's, uh, I think, I think I can't be sure, but because for religious reasons, he always wants someone fasting while he's incarcerated. So if he's not fasting, members of his family are fasting because they're very prayerful. They're very religious. So they're kind of taking turns. Uh, so perhaps I know in the past they've attempted to, to suggest that there's something psychologically wrong with them for practicing the, the religious practice that Muslims I'm and fasting. Christians and Sikhs. And yeah, exactly. <laughs> it's fasting it's, right uh, now. <laughs> exactly. So um, there, maybe there's some suggestion that that's why he's in there, but he actually is in the, the sort of psychological care unit. So he gets a bed and a blanket and, and he's not freezing at all times. He's not in the little chicken cage. So he's receiving slightly better treatment. So that's a good thing, but still the fact he was just moved, in sort of nebulous and uh, sudden terms and didn't even get to say bye to people. Like incarcerated criminals were calling the Pawlowskis concerned over yeah. whether they'd done something to Arthur. So uh, extremely troubling stuff. Again, keep an eye out for that uh, that interview today though with Nathaniel. Um, yeah, yeah. My, my coverage of the protest at the jail should be out later on today. I had a couple of very interesting conversations there. There's a, a Polish lady that comes to all these church protests that I, I just enjoy her so much because she was a political prisoner when Poland was under Soviet rule. And she came to Canada, she was promised freedom. And she said, this is the same stuff that yep. they did to us there. This is the very same stuff. And it, there's an extra layer there because she was a work at home employee from CNRL and she was fired um, or laid off um, because she refused to get the vaccine. And uh, that, that pressure from her job actually triggered PTSD from the time that she was a political prisoner. And now even though CNRL has revoked their vaccine mandate, she is in no condition to go back to work because of the PTSD triggered by CNRL's actions that have brought her back to the time that she was a political prisoner in Same. Poland, other Soviet rule. And they just have so completely washed their hands of her. But I am assured that Pastor Art is receiving better treatment as yeah. good as treatment can be um, in the Edmonton Remand Center, because I had the pleasure of also meeting a former guard there who was also uh, laid off because of the vaccine passport system. And she said it, much better conditions here for him yeah. than in the Calgary Remand Center. So she said, all things considered, if he's in here for the long haul, which is an absolute injustice and should never happen, but if he's going to be somewhere, this is the better place for him to be. It is, it is sad to see from the very get-go, Canadians are very apathetic. We're talking about, uh, especially among the younger generation, of which I kind of consider myself a part, um, you, they do this polling about people sympathizing with communist ideology, despite the hundreds of millions that communism has killed, people not knowing what the Nazis did, not knowing about Auschwitz and these other concentration camps. Um, the people from these countries, the people from Vietnam, the boat people who escaped communism, um, yeah. the, the Chinese immigrants who, whether they be from Hong Kong presently or from China back in the day, escaping, coming to this country, those people who lived this history, not those people who don't even know that it existed, but the people who lived this history and actually have life experience that they can relate to, they have been the ones since the onset of these restrictions and very much since the onset of Justin Trudeau in this country who have been saying, we have seen this before, be careful. Yep. 
We have seen yeah. this. It's been the Polish people, the Vietnamese people, the Chinese people, the Eastern Europeans. They've been the ones saying, we've seen this before. We have to be careful. And people discounted them. Very often, the people who are all about hearing from immigrant communities in the margins discounted them as conservative kooks. They're not conservative kooks. There's a term for those people. They're called survivors. And yeah. this is the time where we should believe and we should listen to survivors because they're not out there protesting for fun. They're not getting together weekend after weekend despite threats of arrest, despite cold weather, because they're bored and they have nothing better to do. They've seen the ultimate outcome of the course that we are on under Justin Trudeau. They have seen it firsthand and they are not going to stand for it. And I think we could humble ourselves just a wee little bit and learn from their life experiences instead of imposing our sort of privileged Canadian comfortable understanding that freedom will always be there and it's just easily attained. Trust some people who have lost it and moved here in order to find it again you can lose it just like that as my shirt says freedom isn't free um, it has to be fought for and earned and uh listen to these immigrant communities these people who escaped communism and you might learn a thing or two yeah and outside of and i noticed this particularly when dealing with pastor art outside of eastern europeans and chinese expats and Ch new canadians from china it's the indigenous community who are out there saying do not listen to the government when they tell you they know what's best for your family. People yep. who have survived residential schools, mm -hmm. they are saying, do not let the government tell you they know what's best for your families, because that's what happened to us. So there's a, a very large contingent of those people out there trying to warn the rest of us in our comfortable first world lifestyles that, uh, as you say, freedom isn't free. And uh, the creeping tyranny um, it's not just creeping anymore. It's gone from crawling to running. Yeah. Yeah. And thank God for these, the European Union, uh, or rather the European <laughs> Parliament members um, calling that out. They're, they're the very people. Um, everyone's seen the clips of them decrying Justin Trudeau. They're the very people that Justin Trudeau panders to. They're the very yeah. people that he espouses the, the World Economic Forum ideologies, all these carbon pricing schemes. The European Parliament is who he wants to get in with and the values he's espousing. And even with all that, those people are decrying him as a tyrant and, and a overreaching uh, counterexample to democracy. And they, they criticize him and they all left because they didn't want to hear it. it. It's across the board, left, right, center, comedians, indigenous communities, survivors of communism across the board. The reason that Justin Trudeau has made this uh, union with the NDP is because the NDP is powerless. They want to get anything done. They have to completely give into Justin Trudeau. And Justin Trudeau knows he doesn't have the mandate or the popular support to do what he wants. That's why he made that alliance. He knows everyone's turning on him. He wants to inflict as much damage, which is what he's doing now. I don't think we can argue that he wants to help anybody. He wants to inflict yeah. as much damage as he can uh, until he gets shown the road so now before we move on i just want to reiterate if you want to see all of our coverage of pastor art poloski's trials and tribulations you can go to savearcher.com we've published a lot of the prior court judgments against him and some of the restrictions and some of our new new you know like the appeals when things come in we're constantly updating with the lawyers um, so that you can get the truth from the horse's mouth instead of filtered yep. through the mainstream media who hates somebody like Art. Um, you can actually see the statement that got Art in trouble where he says, hold the line. But he also calls for peaceful resistance, peaceful mm -hmm. civil disobedience. That's why he's in jail right now. Um, so you can see all of that and you can support his 
uh, legal fees at savearcher.com. And it's an, important to note that art is being helped through the Democracy Fund. That's a registered Canadian charity that works to advance civil liberties, but also to educate on civil liberties. So if you do make a donation to savearcher.com, all of those qualify for a charitable tax receipt um, because the work they are doing there is definitely charitable and in the public interest because art is fighting for everybody's freedoms, just not his own. You know, the the things that Martin Luther King said under Justin Trudeau's government would have landed him in jail as well, 110%. Oh, 100%. Abundantly clear. He would be in jail in this country as well, too. Twitter uh, would kick other, him off. <laughs> 100%. The other thing that I want to say, though, is the, the categorical, I, I'd urge our friends at CTV Global and these other outlets, the categorical misinformation or the lack of understanding that we see from these outlets on these stories is extremely troubling. For for one, the fact that they don't show up and they don't report on the stories, they don't. Not a single protests. mainstream media journalist yeah. there last night. Two hundred no. people are singing in front of the Remand Center. Nobody thought it was newsworthy. Yeah, they'll they'll show up. If they think there's going to be a fight, or if counter protesters are there to do a a pity piece about these poor yeah. people in their community, but they don't care about the thousands of people who've lost everything. But we we saw it was Global or CTV, one of those two. The journalist saying, "Well, why wasn't David Pavlovsky immediately arrested for not reading Global, this compelled speech mandate?" Global um, for not reading this this compelled speech mandate. It's it's stayed. You don't your facts aren't even right. It's Sarah Miller appealed it, and there's there's the, the appeal process was approved, and those terms are stayed until the appeal is heard. So that that's not accurate information. We also uh, we also saw um, articles basically stating uh, that Arthur Pawlowski recently was one of the prime organizers of protests. He attends and speaks at protests, but he hasn't organized a single protest. He does street church and he does his church. He doesn't organize any of these protests. So the, the categorical misinformation out there. So I urge not only folks out there to donate to illegal fees because his battle is far from over. Even if he's released now, he's going to have court dates until November 2022 and beyond. Um, he can't fight this fight on his own. So folks go there, donate. But even to the mainstream media outlets out there who are at least pretending to report on the story, go to savearthur.com, watch some of my interviews with Sarah Miller and with the Pavlovsky family so you can actually get the facts straight because the misinformation that you're spreading out there is often being regurgitated and repeated, whether it be in courts or in the public square, and it's miscategorizing what is happening here. So make sure to go to that website and get your facts straight. Um, speaking of getting their facts straight, and I know people told us to move on from Chris Rock and we're way past the... We're way past the top of the hour, but I just want to it's bring fine. this up. I know people don't mind. Uh, and I know that some people have said move on from Chris Rock and Will Smith. But I just think it is interesting to note that Chris Rock made a movie in 2009 called Good Hair. And it was about black women's hair. And so he's not like he's done probably more work on the connection between self-esteem and culture and hair for black yeah. women than yep. anybody else, including Will Smith. Um, according to That's a, actually a super official, interesting movie. It's good. Yeah, I didn't watch it, but I feel like I should yeah. because I have problematic hair. Um, so according to the official synopsis, the film follows Rock as he, like, he did the work here. Visits beauty yeah. salons and hairstyling battles, scientific laboratories, Indian temples to explore the way hairstyles impact the activities, pocketbooks, sexual relationships, and self-esteem of the black community in this expose of comic proportions that only he could pull off. It's an adventure prompted by Rock's daughter, 
approaching him and asking daddy, how come I don't have good hair? And so he talked to Ice-T, Neil Long, Paul Mooney, Raven Simone, Maya Angelou, salt and pepper Eve, Al Sharpton of all people. And he's trying to figure out how to respond to his daughter's question. So he's done more work. Don't, he got slapped in the face for a joke, but it's not that, that he takes this issue unlikely. He went and did an entire documentary because he cares so much about how his daughter's self-esteem and her culture is tied to her hair. Yeah, yeah. And it's, it, it's it, I'm so happy you brought this up. I didn't even remember this, to be honest, but I have seen this movie. Even like there's within the communities, there's like bleaching and painful processes, and they're trying yeah. to make their hair look more white. And the other thing too is yeah. they're 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 on welfare. Some of these people in these communities, and they're 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 just scraping by. They're working off the record, and they're spending like more than you or I would spend on hair in ten years in a month on weaves because yeah. it's like such an essential part of society because they basically can been convinced that their hair which black hair is beautiful by the way i'm not even just yeah. saying that to be purchasing it's it's incredible um they've been told by society that it's ugly and it needs to be more white so chris rock right. goes out of his way to address that and say black hair is beautiful and you don't need to make your hair look white um and you don't need to spend a fortune so it's incredible he dives into it in such a sort of nuanced and he comes at it from a male perspective. I don't know what I don't know what's way. going on here. Yeah, exactly. Very way. much yeah. from yeah. So, and it's incredible that that this is such a tie-in. Um, yeah, thanks for bringing that up. That's that's brilliant. I, I encourage people to watch it. It's interesting. Um, I found a bunch of it shocking. The cultural stuff here. They go to a temple or they're gathering hair. It's 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 a fascinating film for sure. Yeah, he's the last guy who should be accused of being insensitive about a black woman's hair. Yeah. But anyway, none of this matters because um, Will Smith is the best ever, apparently. Yeah. Anyway, it's gross. We should get to some of these um, these chats before we yes. sign off because we're well past. And I know you have a busy day and I do too. So we've got one from Kane and Mark gives us $3. Will says the Oscars are so white two years ago. Now Oscars are so black, LOL. I don't know. I didn't watch the Oscar two, Oscars two years ago. I didn't watch them last night either. I just caught up to see what was happening on Twitter. I just, I just, I don't, I'm not interested in any of it. I, even the movies that win Oscars, I'm like, why? I, I would never watch that. There's, there's such a standard recipe of just being some historical piece, whether it be about a musician or a historical figure and whether it's good or not, particularly if it, if it deals with uh, the gay community or the black community or some sort of marginalized community, even if it's a bad movie, like that dreadful Bohemian Rhapsody, it just gets nominated. Um, it can, it can be an objectively horrible film and it'll get nominated and very often win because it's espousing the right values. Right. Like the movie yeah. with the lady who had the relationship with the fish man. What yeah. was that called? Shape I don't of water. know. I didn't watch it. Yeah. Shape of water. And I was like, I'm so, not watching that. That's just I, weird. No, that, I, no, no I'm not doing it. <laughs> I, I, so Guillermo del Toro made that. He has like an interesting aesthetic. So a friend of mine, he was, he's actually a priest. Um, he's like, Oh, there's a new Guillermo del Toro movie. You want to go see it? And we hadn't read anything of it uh, about it. Um, and so we went and saw this and at the end we're like, yeah, that was super awkward. Um, the joking name for the film is Grinding Nemo, um, oh but Shape of Water. Yeah, so I saw it yeah. with a priest. It was a, after he's like, well, I wish I would have read a review before I suggested we go see that movie because that was weird. Yeah. Um, it's an it's a semi-interesting film, but it's very bizarre. No, very bizarre, no I, I'm not spending two hours on that. Um, no. Time better spent on the treadmill or in the garden. Um, yeah. Becca Henderson gives us a buck. Will got 
in one little and his mom got scared, said you're moving with your auntie and uncle in uncle's home in so, Bel Air. Yeah. Um, Kane Enmark gives us a buck and says it's Pastor Archer's birthday today. Yep. Happy birthday, Archer. Yeah, exactly. Hopefully, hopefully we'll see you soon. Uh, Chipmaker123, you can see in a different video, I think this is referring to your story with the independent journalist. You can see in one video, one policeman punching that young guy. He should sue them for $10 million. So he does have a very good lawyer. They are the lawyer that he did get. Um, is they're, they're, they're actually launching an effective campaign um, yeah. already. Um, and the lawyer is actually, he's seen uh, police like this go to jail in Edmonton for aggravated assault on people. Um, so they're actually already launching something. You can see this Devlin guy calmly speaking, saying he can't bend his legs. When I, I did the interview with him before Devlin sent me his footage with all the angles and it breaks down what happens. And the way he was describing it to me, it almost sounded like, well, yeah, of course, you're going to have the most complimentary version of your own story. But then the footage completely aligns with everything he said. Like they tase him later on. They're trying to get him to bend over. It's madness. He can't put his legs behind his back. He's saying, I'm not resisting. I'm not complying. And the wild thing, how he went and wound up shirtless is he was talking to one cop trying to confirm filming as he's an independent journalist. What injunction, what part of the injunction is being violated here? What exactly is going wrong? And another cop walked up and grabbed the collar of his shirt and his hoodie so aggressively and pulled him over that he ripped all his clothes off. Like the guy wasn't walking around shirtless. They ripped the kid's clothes off. Absolutely insane situation there. It'd be great if that cop was filming the uh, the violent arrest taking place in front instead of the people standing by watching. Yeah. 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 Well, you know what, though? There's going to be a ton of body cam footage. A ton, totally. yeah. and I'm sure his lawyers will. Well, get their they're, hands they're, they're they're going to be once our report comes out today. If they don't drop those charges pretty quick, they've got another thing coming from this kid's lawyer because it's uh it's open and shut on the assault thing. It literally could not be more apparent in the in the footage you're going to see. Uh, I think that's the end of our chats today. Not a ton of chats, but we were also not on Super U, so um, that might be uh. A reason for that, uh, Efron, unless um, there are some that have not come through on my side. Okay, that's everything. So I think that's the show for today. We're almost 20 minutes over uh, when the show should have ended. Adam, thanks so much for joining me as I try to figure out how exactly I feel about Will Smith punching Chris Rock. And I'm still not sure how I feel, um, but I do know that it was not an act of chivalry and Chris Rock has terrible friends. Um, secondarily, uh, thank you everybody who tuned in. And third, but maybe most importantly, thank you to everybody who pitched in to keep the lights on here at Rebel News. We know you work hard for your money, so we appreciate every little bit that you send our way to help us do the work that we do. Uh, thanks, Efron, Olivia, and all the team in the office and working from home today. Uh, to You work very hard to let everybody know when we're going live and to uh, get all the nuts and bolts and pieces in place for us. So, I think that's it. I've thanked everybody. Um, and as David Menzies always says, stay sane.